Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yes, Absolutely. we're super excited to get your perspective as someone who was raised by co-parents. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this episode mm -hmm. because we're going to learn as co-parents, Jeffrey and I, our listeners that are co-parents, like what the impact might be of the things we're doing now because mm -hmm. you have lived it. As a child, yeah. you've lived through co-parenting. Mm -hmm. um, and so looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Thanks for being here. So tell us a little awesome. bit about yourself. Like, what do you do in the world? What do you care about? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm Asha, Asha yeah. Ang Helmsetter. Asha Ang is my first name. Uh, already with the parenting, uh, my parents wanted the name Asha because my dad is is black and white. Well, they wanted a name that connected Africa and Asia because my mom is is Asian, and so they picked a name that is both Sanskrit and Swahili. Wow. Um, so Asha was the the merging name. Um, but of course, you know, it's not super popular for the type of Asian my mom is. She's oh. Burmese. She's not Indian. So now I'm often, I uh, often people are like, oh, Asha, you must either be, you know, Indian or Somalian. And I'm like, nope, neither of those. Okay. My parents just wanted to uh, connect those. Um, but okay. yeah, I, um, I want to, I feel like part, a big part of being a good person is doing things for others as well. So mm -hmm. that's like important to me and mm -hmm. I want to create like a really good life for myself and the people around me and even if that's really unconventional and mm -hmm. how I get there I think that you know we don't always take the same path to get to our own happinesses so I'm taking kind of an unusual right. path I'm a painter I, I do odd jobs I didn't graduate from high school mm -hmm. and I, I've had a lot of health issues so I'm mm -hmm. kind of just completely taking a, a very unique path okay. and so that's kind of what's mm -hmm going on in my life. I love that. I love that. I love that you said an unconventional path because I definitely feel the same way. I've been, I haven't gone the way my parents and grandparents had mm -hmm. anticipated. I've gone different ways. Yeah. To, gone different ways to get to where I really want to be. So what were, when you say you're going an unconventional way, like what, do you have like some things that you want to accomplish that you have accomplished? Yeah. Um, well, I want to be a parent at a certain point. That's really important to me. And I feel mm -hmm. like for me, parenting starts way before uh, actually like making a child. Yes. Um, I, you know, try and learn about, I'm trying to learn about gentle parenting now and I have mm -hmm. for the last few years. I'm already, you know, making decisions with my partner about things that we want in 10 years, you know, like, oh, when we have a kid, I've already said I'm like, we will be in couples therapy when okay. I am pregnant, period. I don't care what wait, we're wait. going through. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay, if we're like in a really good place, if we have really good communication, that's fine, but we should have couples therapy while I'm pregnant. Like just things yes. where I'm like, and again, big transitional points, like we should have couples therapy when our kids are right. preteens and when our right. like big like changes in their lives so mm -hmm. that we're you know a united front and i think you know co-parenting or together you want to be able to kind of be a united front especially when those big changes happen mm -hmm. um so yeah. that's a really big goal of mine and Absolutely. and you know just being a, a good parent and and preparing for that even though i'm 22 so it may be another 10 years before i'm a parent i don't know mm -hmm. um not planning on happening not planning on it happening anytime soon mm -hmm. um but that is definitely a big goal for me. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Wait, remember we love to yeah. do a little clap yeah. when someone says something about therapy. Okay, let's go. Because we just want to like <laughs> drill it in. Yeah. Anyone who ever listens to our episodes that we very much value therapy and what it can do for you on an individual and communal level with your children yes. and all that. So we're just going to do two claps for therapy. One, two. 
All right. 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 The fact that you're thinking ahead of like, okay, I'm, we're going to get some therapy regardless if it's yeah. good or bad. Where did that come from? Um, so I've been in therapy since I was 14 or 15. I have a lot of health issues. And the first thing they were like, well, you know, maybe she's stressed. We'll, the doctors said that I should have a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, my parents didn't totally agree about what therapy was for me. Actually, a lot part of what I wanted to talk about today was like, mm -hmm talking about medical things, mental health or physical health, mm -hmm. with your co-parent separately from your child, having meetings, having talks together, where you are sort of making these decisions before it's a fight in front of your kid about, mm -hmm. well, I want you to do this, or no, I don't want you to do this because we have these this history in my family, I'm scared of therapy, our kid isn't crazy, she, mm -hmm. she shouldn't have to go to therapy. That, that kind of argument can happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, because, a conclusion will come eventually there will be a, a result right but um i was definitely put in the middle of a lot of that mm. when i when i started mm. doing therapy and i was really against it because i sort of sided with my parent who wasn't so excited about me doing therapy um you said you sided with the parent that didn't want you to do yeah, that yeah okay. because i i don't i just like when the reasoning was fear mm. the reasoning was i i have a i I have, we have a history of mental illness in our family and the way that, you know, the system has treated mental illness in the past, in the 60s, you mm -hmm. know, has, was really violent and awful. And so, you know, having a parent who sort of equated therapy with, they're going to put you in an institution if you say the wrong thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, expressing a lot of that. And I was like, well, you know, that's a really valid fear. Thanks. I'm not going to do that. I don't want therapy then. <laughs> that's good enough for me. <laughs> right? Right, right. So the history of um, how mental health was treated, mm -hmm. you've grown up with it, right? Yeah. So I obviously it, it, you can see how, okay, I'm going to emphasize that because mm -hmm. it was, I was knocked for doing that. Um, with your, with your partner, how was that conversation like? Like, okay, this is important for me as far as like a parenting pillar yeah. of the, focus on mental health make sure we're okay honestly he's really receptive to it um i he's like we have different things that we need to work on mm -hmm. individually um and uh yeah he wants to work on his mental health and that's like a priority for him as well and mm -hmm. i've made it really clear that i don't want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to prioritize their mental mm -hmm. health um a part of being co-parented and you know having co-parents who didn't have a podcast and didn't have some people to learn from, you know, right. like right. there was a lot of learning that I did with my parents okay. and I kind of went into dating knowing like very specifically what I wanted, <laughs> you know, very specifically having seen, you know, the different ways dating can go for the adults around me. I was like, mm, I know exactly what I want. Right. I'm going to be very clear about this from, from the get go. Um, and I also am kind of like, I'm a very honest person. So if, if I like, I don't, <laughs> I couldn't really not, you know, I couldn't right. not be like, oh, therapy is important to me. You need to be on board with therapy because I'm already thinking it right. and I can't, I can't shut up about it. So, you know, okay. yeah, that's how that went. I'm, I'm very fascinated of the multicultural upbringing mm -hmm. that you had and uh, the impact that it's had on you, yeah. like going from child to adulthood. Mm -hmm. um, can you expound on that a little bit more? Um, it definitely, I think... Since I was being co-parented since I was six, it really started to show um, after my, my parents weren't together for me. 
Um, my mom was raised in a household where she shared a room with her parents till she was 16, and that was normal and fine and okay. It wasn't, you know, for any reason other than they're a close family and that that's what you do. Right. Um, there were definitely, like, big, like, American versus immigrant sort of how, how folks raise kids. Um, we did more, like, we... We weren't really super religious at either house, but we had a lot more. Buddhism is a huge part of Burmese culture. Okay. Um, so religion is like, it was more of a cultural thing, it felt to me, than, than, a, than a religious thing. And so we, we did a lot. We went to the monastery with our mom, um, and we would be in communities that were very religious. And then, and then at our dad's house, you know, we celebrated Christmas, and and that was kind of the extent of it so there were just little things and you know my dad uh was nervous about my mom taking us out of the country Mm. um and he you know that was based in what he had heard which i think my mom or whoever you know it's for one person there's a joke and a joke might be like oh if i go home i'm never gonna want to come back and Mm. i want to take my girls with me you know and for another person (laughs) that may be like i am never sending my children anywhere with you you know right um, so definitely like clashes there. I know that when they were uh, still married, she was maybe wanting to move back to Botswana again because she was raised in Botswana, very random. Born in Burma <laughs> until five and then raised in Botswana okay. uh, after that till she was 18. Um, but she, you know, there was talk of like the whole family moving back there, but instead, you know, they, they got divorced and everyone, everyone stayed here. Um, yeah, I think it was just really like living in polar opposite households and it wasn't just that i mean there was a lot in them being raised differently themselves and and different culturally themselves um but my mom i think you know my dad and stepmom had a much more like military and and discipline creates discipline makes results kind of we work for we that's how we work in this household sort of um, setup, and both my dad and my stepmom. My stepmom was raised in a military family. My dad was in the navy, um, and for my mom, you know, she was like, "Well, Burmese people." She's like, "We don't have, we don't focus on time. Like, you know, you get there at five o'clock. That could mean this or that, you know." And I'm not, I, I'm not personally trying to generalize Burmese people. This is like what I was touching. Right, right, like, right, you know, right. we don't think about, you know, what time things start. We don't, you know, it's all loose about about you know what people mean when they say things you know and you know a lot of ideas around what's rude to say here Mm -hmm. a lot of things about bodies and like you know you see your grandmother and she's like oh you've gotten very fat and you're like all right so like just like little things (laughs) where you're like okay this and then if you talked about it in the other household they might say something like she said that to you or like Mm. that that's just that side of the family they 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 are like that and you know also my dad is black and my mom is asian and there is a lot of anti-blackness in asian culture um so a lot of after their divorce there was a lot of you know resentment for my mom's side of the family for for all kinds of random comments that that you know my dad would get as mm. as a black man and and a lot of it you know is is folks who even though my mom was raised in Africa um, the what they were taught about black Americans was so different than what they knew about black folks around them mm. um, that when my grandmother and grandfather came here you know because they live here now my mom's parents um, 
basically my mom and aunt had when 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 you have kids your parents come and help take care of the kids Mm -hmm. and then when their youngest they had their youngest kids my aunt had her youngest son and then both of them went through divorces around the same time my mom and my aunt and so my grandparents just stayed Mm -hmm. and they stayed to help raise the kids Mm -hmm. um so having family a lot more involved i think was definitely a a big difference you know my dad's family is very spread out across the country and then here in Seattle we have my mom my aunt my cousins my mom's cousins my grandparents you know like so much so much family that all moved here you know and then now my mom is also with an immigrant um and and so their household again like my dad is married to a military brat and my mom is married to a Chilean immigrant and so they like kind of found their their something that fit them better right and of course you know uh my sister just kind of do the flip-flop like okay this we're act we have this kind of energy in this space and 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 we bring another part of our personality to this space because that's Mm. kind of how you you know exist in two different worlds Okay. You so have a book me, on your hands. Right. Three, got, <laughs> yeah, straight three book. books. Um, let us know when it comes out. Right. We'll ha- happily read it. Uh, so how did you process? Like, maybe you're still processing, but, like, how did you process, okay, going from one household, more militant, going to mm-hmm. another household, a whole other experience? Like, how did you manage all that? Now, my mom will say that we just were crazy at her house she had way less rules she had she was much less strict um and you know definitely my i have a lot in common with both of my parents um and a lot of my dad's uh discipline he would we talked about discipline a lot growing up a lot of that has really helped me and is is really good for the way i think Mm -hmm. but also the way my mom is and i you know now i I work gig jobs. I, I, you know, I can, I have my planners scheduled and also it looks very different every week. It's very, like, I kind of live in constant chaos and I think I was kind of raised Mm -hmm. in chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I usually like it. Oh, sorry. What was the question? No, no, no. no. But like, yeah, Yeah. juggling it. So it sounds like it's, you've merged both of those experiences. Yeah. And so my life is kind of like, I don't think I could be who I am now Mm -hmm. without both of these experiences that I had but it was definitely like code switching and my mom really she had a big she would talk to her friends because she had a really big struggle because my sister and I really did like let loose a little bit at her house the way we didn't do as many chores Mm -hmm. we you know didn't she also like we ate differently and our our schedule was different so like at our mom's house you know sometimes dinner was at 9 p.m and and at our dad's house you know it was 6 p.m or whatever dinner every night and also a big difference was that part of the time we were being raised by a single mom who was trying to do it all by herself and had you know i think like some you know just a lot going on in her own life Mm -hmm. and then at another house we had two parents who who you know they they were doing a double parent kind of kind of you know roles and they had more traditional man woman roles in in Mm -hmm. their gender roles and in their relationship and Mm -hmm. my stepmom taught me how to cook and you know my dad will always say i i i pay bills and i take out the garbage you know like they they have much more of a traditional setup and my mom was like i'm trying to do all of that right how are you out and you guys don't listen to me you know 
we're like, yeah, but we already listened to Dad for five days. Give us a break. This is our vacation. Yeah. This is our vacation. <laughs> yeah, and even my mom's friends would say that to her, like when they would talk to her, because we had very open communication, and so. Then over the years, you know, my mom has said, well, my friends have come to me and they'll say things like, they said to my mom, the right. reason why they do that with you is because um, they feel safe enough to, to let loose with you like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really was just, you know, kind of learning how to be in either of those environments. And I don't know that as kids, we necessarily did the best job. Right. And I know that, like, co-parenting is all about what the parents do in order mm-hmm. to make the kids' life stable. But I think when kids have a better understanding of what co-parenting really is, because... Mm-hmm. While we did have a very transparent upbringing, there was also a lot of stuff that, you know, my mom didn't tell us or my dad didn't tell us in order to, like, make our life feel more comfortable. And those were the parts where we would end up acting up, you know? Like, my mom didn't want us to feel like, like, oh, gosh, like... She didn't want us to know all that she was doing behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know? And then that's where we're, like... Well, I didn't know that until I was older that how, how, how many difficulties I was, I was giving my mom by just, you know, compl- I don't know, completely being free and wild or, mm-hmm. or whatever at her house. And I think that, you know, maybe that a lot of it, it, it just takes age and time and understanding. Mm-hmm. But like being a co-parented child, definitely you can make life difficult for the for the adults as well i think because you just don't fully understand the situation at all and it's hard for you to settle right because you're switching houses yeah right yeah i would say i don't know because i i don't think there's anything on you you're a child you're learning and you you're doing things that i don't think are very well documented on how to navigate Mm -hmm. right and so like you said there were some things that if you knew, understood co-parenting more as a child, mm-hmm. maybe it, you would have been able to process it in like yeah. a certain way. Are there some ideas you have around um, that maybe? I think, gosh. Yeah, I really don't, I don't mean it like it is on the child. I okay. mean it like a child, under, it, since children don't totally understand what is happening right. and how much work parents do put in, right. um, they just... I mean, you just don't know the full situation, so you are acting on the basis of the knowledge that you know. Right. I think um, definitely having I, I just really for parents to have co-parenting skills, constant like I know you don't want to be married or or you know in a relationship with the person who's your your other parent anymore. Right. But if you are choosing to co-parent and you don't, you like my parents didn't have a custody lawyer. custody lawyers when when they got a divorce um they chose to do it all by themselves but i think sometimes the wrong parts were in front of the kids and the fights we saw we saw the difficult parts and i think if the communication if they like i don't know had a weekly meeting where they talked about how things went at either house Mm -hmm. and then brought it to us instead of the kids telling the other parent Mm -hmm. how it went at the house and then there was a while where we felt really weird my sister and i when i was like maybe 10 to 12 where we felt really uncomfortable telling one of our parents what we did at the other house because we were like well maybe it's supposed to be like i don't want them to get mad i don't want them to get mad about 
what my life is like over there, so we're just not going to tell them. Yeah, you want to be turned into a spy or something right. like that? Was got a report. Can we talk? Let's pause here because I yeah. personally have been dealing with this, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we've got to a good place. But I would love your perspective because that's one of I would ask my son when he would come home, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, so," and we have very different households. Right. Um, like, I'm definitely the your mom, like the free spirited like <laughs> yeah. household, right? My son's like, "It's free time at your house, but at Daddy's house, we do work." And then there's some free time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said to say he would come home and I would go, oh, how was your week? How was your, like, I would just check in. How was mm-hmm. your, very general question. And he'd be like, oh, I can't tell you. Daddy says I can't tell yeah. you. And I was just, I, my blood would boil because I'm like, why? I don't understand. Like, why can't I ask my son how he's doing? And now, and I'm like, I'm like, you're going to mess our child up. That was word for word the kind of thing that my mom would, would say even now. She'll, mm-hmm. she'll, when she thinks back, back. To when we were kids what you just said i'm like i remember that to a t um and also all of this is not to say we didn't have like a fun and awesome childhood right. at our dad's house as well i know i'm he's like he was stricter and we made our beds but like oh kids make their beds like you know we we <laughs> had a good time we went on road trips we had a good time okay um anyway but i think that all okay. I know what we're talking about. What was the question again? But like, more, it's more like, what are what are your thoughts? Like, yeah. as I'm trying to think about oh, okay. not like, I and mean, we've we've gotten to a place where we have mm-hmm. an understanding. We all talks his uh, my child's father and the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, we all talked about and got some more clarity mm-hmm. on like personal business, like what things you should and shouldn't share. But my yeah. son is so young. I don't think. I don't think he's going to know how to decipher, oh, this is the thing I share, can share, and I swear it's going to stress him out. I think, personally, and people can disagree with me about this, I think kids should be able to tell their parents anything. Yep. And I, I think that, you know, it doesn't matter what household you're in, if something happens at a household that... And part of the parent's response, then, to your kid feeling comfortable telling you anything is not directing the anger that you feel from what you hear at your child. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. what's really hard because maybe they were at dad's house and you're like, oh, how was your week at dad's house? And your kid says something like, oh, I know we're supposed to go to bed at 8.30, but we stayed up till 11 and we watched two movies and right. we ate, you know, Twizzlers right. all night, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, your other parent can't just go, Oh, you did? That's that's right. against the rules here. That's bad for you. Why is your parent putting that in your right. life? You know, they're irresponsible. That was something I was always scared of. I was scared of one of my parents mm-hmm. thinking that my other parent was irresponsible right, right. or that they weren't able to watch me. That was, and I don't know if it was something specific that my parents did when I was little or whatever, because I know that they were both doing their best. Mm-hmm. But just that idea that I would say the wrong thing to my right. parents and then they would go, why would they right. why would they say that to you? That's not okay for them to right. do that with a child. Why is your parent exposing you to these sorts of things? Mm-hmm. You know, that was what I was always afraid of. Right. And I know my sister was scared of that too. Or I don't want to speak for her, but I, I feel like that was something right. that we were both afraid of. So definitely like for the receiving parent who wants to hear about the kid, about your kid, because, you know, my mom would always say, she's like, you're my, even if you're with me half the time, you're my kid full time. Yeah. I want to know what you're doing for the other I half the time. That. She said, I never thought I would be raising you only half the time. Mm. I always thought I would have my baby every day, you know. Mm. And so being able to tell your parent exactly the things and also 
not get backlash. And then if that parent goes, now here's where it gets hard Let's for all parents, right? Let's talk about it. Let's right? talk about it. If that parent gets angry and doesn't say anything to the kid and then goes, goes to, to the, the other, other parent, parent and gets angry and then the other parent goes to the kid and is like, you told your mom what we did blank? Mm-hmm. That was what we were doing. Why were you telling that your, your mom is judging me now because of the way that you mm-hmm. you did such That's and such? So pressure. then both parents, you basically have to trust. Both parents have to kind of decide together right. and and make like a pact, like that they both will not take out a child explaining what their life is like to right. the other parent or them, you know, um, together. Because, I mean, you can't make that decision by yourself. You can't go, I won't judge my kid, and then go have a conversation with your ex-partner and then right. have them be the one who's lecturing your kid right. about right. the situation. Now, yeah. Here, I agree with you. But here's the slippery, the slippery slope with that. Mm-hmm. Asking how your kid is doing versus having your kid report to you are two different yeah. things, right? So if you're in a co-parenting situation where one parent has a little bit of animosity towards the other, mm-hmm. they can spin that uh, just like asking how your kid is doing just to get an insight of what's going on at the other house. Yeah. So based on your upbringing experiences, mm-hmm. how can parents avoid that, I think- that, that, that dynamic? Um, definitely it's situation to situation. I would just start the focus on the child only. Not like, oh, you know, how's your other parent doing? How's the new girlfriend? None of those questions at first. Unless, you know, I also, just overthinking here, I'm like, well, eventually the kid's going to go, you don't care about my other parent anymore because you never ask about them. I'm not, because I do think that kids feel that way. Kids feel bad that their parents don't like each other. Mm -hmm. Because for a child... For, for me, I'm not going to say a child, for me, mm-hmm. you know, I am so much like my dad and I am so much like my mom. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my parents didn't get along when I was growing up, it felt like they didn't like me. Right. And at a certain point yeah. when I was like 12 years old, I went to my mom and I said, mom, you divorced my dad, not me. Mm. And I was just so mad at her because I was like, you're like trying to get you're getting angry at things about me that are just the only reason why you're mad about them is because they're like dad also and you know that took her like she definitely she was very receptive to it thank goodness and Mm. it took her a while but she's like oh my goodness um but definitely like there's always that sort of feeling that like the hate or not hate the 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 just you know they're them not being together not necessarily is because of you because i think we talk a lot about kids thinking that parents aren't together because of them. Right. But more like you think your parent doesn't like you as much because of things that are like your other mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I definitely <laughs> think that like after a while, maybe, you know, questions about how, how's your dad doing? I hope he's doing okay. Right. Like, you know, did you guys have a fun week all together? But starting with questions that are like, how was your week? What right. did you do at school? Right. What were activities that you did with your family? You know, mm. so the kids kid feels centered and then when I think I don't know I'm not a parent yet and I'm not a co-parent so I can't say that, that this is but I feel like there's a point in your questions where you start to go and how's that when you start to feel your eyebrow raising <laughs> and when you start check to your face, check your face when you're starting to feel your jaw clench a little bit and you're like and how's your father you're like right. oh wait why am I asking this question 
let me take a second because you know right. I'm following all these gentle parenting things, right? right? And and they a lot of them talk about how like kids don't know how to regulate all their emotions yet, mm-hmm. and if we want to teach children how to regulate emotions properly, we need to do that for ourselves. Right. So the really big question then is not not necessarily how do I ask my kid about the week without going overboard is right. how do I rein myself in when I feel like I'm asking the wrong right. I'm right. I'm asking my kid these questions for the wrong reason. Right. Self management. Yeah. I'll say like when I would whenever I would that's what frustrated me about my situation when I was dealing with that with my child's father is like I don't have any ill will. And the mm-hmm. question genuinely was like how was your week? And that's what frustrated me about my situations because when I would ask that question of like, how was your week? It was genuine. It was yeah. like, I really want to know how your week was and to be met uh-huh. with resistance. Right. And also I felt like I want to I want to build a relationship where my son feels like he can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like my co-parent was getting the, the, the way of that. And right. also from a safety standpoint, like I, my child should feel free to tell me anything, even if it's things that uh-huh. are harmful. And if he's having to filter through what yeah. he should and shouldn't tell, mm-hmm. then that's for safety purposes, not right. And my, him, mm-hmm. my co-parent team, we're all aligned yeah. on that, which is great. We had to have a real serious conversation, but yes, um, conversation. that conversation. That, yes. See, then I'm like, that's a continuous conversation because if you're checking in with your co-parent weekly or every time you switch, if your other parent is able to tell you like, here's a bullet point of things we did this week, and then you go to your kid and you're like, your dad told me that you guys went to went to the water park this week. How was that for you? Right. Then the kid's like, oh my goodness, I'm not in trouble for, right. for answering these questions. She's not trying to figure out, she already knows what right. my life is like over there. Right. She now wants to know, you know, how I'm feeling about it. So again, right. recentering the child by having those, com- those conversations away from them. Because um, I think that is like, we always felt like we were being a spy. Like if we were asked about how it's going at the other house and it wasn't based on anything. It were, I mean, maybe it was, but right. we always were like, oh, why should I tell you this? Because I don't want you to know, you know, you guys are separate, whatever. So like if you are already in communication, you already know what happened. And now it's more about feelings, centering your questions around how your kid is feeling instead of what actually happened. I think they're more likely to eventually open up to what brought on those feelings and what the situation was that created the feelings. How did you feel this week? Mm-hmm. What made you happy this week? Right. You know, what made you sad this week? Right. What do you want to tell me about while we weren't together? You know, mm-hmm. instead of like, what did you do? Right. Right. And I think another important piece is the parents have to build trust, right? Yeah. So I got I got to understand, is there a trust thing that me and my ex need to work on that he thinks that my child might say something that's going to make him inconvenienced or cuz I'm not going to go around and like tell mm-hmm. people I'm not going to go around. so I'm like yeah. I need to understand for him like what is what is driving that desire and as as, much, as long as we're building trust so that my kid can tell me everything, right? Yeah. And like he doesn't feel threatened or feel mm-hmm. like it's going to be used cuz I know there's parent I know I have close friends who like if their kids say just the right thing or get hurt just in the right way tripping mm-hmm. off their bike they're in fear the parents in yeah. fear because now the court's gonna k- get involved exactly. and all so i get where some of that fears for other people is like but mm-hmm. for us we don't, we don't need that kind of fear. yeah but yeah but i can see why and it's just so sad yeah i totally i totally agree i see where you're coming from i definitely think that parents have a really difficult line to cro- walk and i think you just have to remember that like even if you don't think that the parent is the person you thought they were when you guys had the baby, your baby together initially, um, that really you chose, you have chosen to trust this person with your child. Mm-hmm. So by trust, I mean, would you trust 
someone with your child who you don't trust with yourself and mm. it you finding that openness for both parents you know this is for everyone and then maybe this is something that not just you need to work on also also your 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 co-parent you know but like you you really are trusting this person like whether you think you are or not they have your kid for a bunch of time you have to they get to know what's in your life and you have to you mean if that's a conversation about like hey don't talk to other people about this whatever and you know however you guys decide your 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 parenting plan needs to be based on that trust because if you don't trust them maybe you guys shouldn't even really be in a a co-parenting kind of relationship at that point which is really sad Mm -hmm. and sucks that sucks you want your kid growing up with both parents absolutely you got to make sure it'll be best if you're with somebody that you can be with yeah but at least make sure that there's some of that's capable Mm-hmm. of having that discussion of co-parenting and things like yeah. that. Right. I'm, I'm actually curious because, like I said, you have a book that you need to write. So I'll just put that in your head real quick. <laughs> you have a book, but how did your parents meet? They met in college. Okay. They met in college. My mom had just moved to the States, and my dad had just come back from being in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And okay. so they had they they were a few years apart, and uh, they, they went to school together that's how they met and then they were together for 15 years okay yeah that's so dope i know that's really powerful and not look like these beautiful kids right the (laughs) artists artists but also we talked off uh camera you used to be a teacher yes did you ever encounter co-parenting situations with the parents of the students you taught it was a very specific demographic at the school i was working at we did not see a lot of co-parenting we saw mostly there was a couple single parents Mm -hmm. and but mostly it was like you know two parents a kid or two Mm-hmm. Okay. A dog, Nuclear, maybe kinda... a cat. Yeah. Ta- speaking about dogs, uh-huh. you have to tell our <laughs> listeners about how you lived with your dog full time. But like, oh yeah. Right. yeah, tell us, tell us about okay. that. I so growing <laughs> when I was eight. Okay, I'm a pretty persuasive person. Um, and when I was a kid, especially, I don't know, I had like the universe working on my side to get me a dog yeah. because, you know, there was like, we're getting divorced guilt going on mm-hmm. and there was like, ah, oh, we need to find comfort for our children, whatever. But I begged for a dog for like a year. Mm-hmm. And when I was eight, I finally got one. Her name was Blackberry. I loved her dearly. Mm-hmm. We had her for 10, almost 10 years, but she passed away um, mm-hmm. just before her 10th birthday from bone cancer. Oh, um, Sorry, but I had her from when I was eight till when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, she taught me a lot about responsibility. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, right in that eight range where I, I got to learn a lot about responsibility with her. But she went back and forth with my sister and I between houses. So I lived with my dog full time, but neither of my parents right. full time. And that is hilarious to me. And people That's used to be dope. shocked, you know. I would say, yeah, I have this I have this big, giant, mastiff dog. Her name is Blackberry. And they're like, oh, what house does she live at? And she's like, what? I was like, what do you mean? She lives in my room, in my bed. Like, right, she comes back and is. forth with me, you know. Like, she, but also, he, she had two very different lives as well. Mm. Like, in one house, she, like stayed in her crate upstairs like she couldn't come on the carpets because there was allergies in the house mm. and at the other house she was everywhere she was in every was room was that mom's house <laughs> 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 like a different set of rules at both houses yes um but yeah, I spent so much time with that dog. I I mean that her Blackberry. I I she was we were very 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 close and 
she was another thing that both of my parents had bonded with, but after they had separated. So, like, mm. when she passed away, the whole family, like, got to, we were all with her in, in my, we, we did in my dad's house because we knew the cancer was, it was really, really bad. Mm. And she was suffering. Um, but my mom and my soon-to-be stepdad and my stepmom and my dad and my sister and my little hey. brother, my who's my dad and stepmom's son, and we were all together in the house, um, uh, with with Blackberry and and she came you know after they had separated. Okay. Um, wow, that's powerful. Yeah, and yeah, it was definitely. I feel really lucky to have had her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. she's a big part of of growing up and definitely like a comfort animal. Too. Yeah, like more. That's what I was thinking. Moments. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, my mom will now sometimes say, oh, we could have gotten you a teddy bear, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. No, I, I love that. I love that they agreed on that together. So that, mm-hmm. me, that brings me to my next question, which is, what are some things that they that you loved that they did um, navigating the co-parenting I space? loved their schedule. Okay. I loved that they had this schedule, and I loved that they came up with it without uh, a... A lawyer um they my we had we were with our dad on monday and tuesday and then we were with my mom on wednesday and thursday and then we switched back and forth friday saturdays and sundays so we would have full weekends and i thought we would basically be five days with one parent two days with the other parent and then switched so it would be kind of this it would come together as like a five two two five two five kind of whatever um which meant we had time for weekend road trips with Mm -hmm. one side we had time for you know family dinners big big things whatever i really loved that i you know i think sometimes my parents will say that maybe they they wish that they did a less chaotic like um schedule for us because they thought maybe we wanted more consistency but honestly i was so happy to have both of my parents so involved with my life um I definitely like lost a lot of things and I definitely like right. we were scrambling sometimes and maybe again like I live kind of a chaotic life now and maybe it has has been a part of that but definitely like mm. I had friends who only saw their dads on the weekends and I had even my gosh even seeing family members and stuff where like hearing from adults like oh well I I have to be the serious parent and they get to be the fun parent because they have all the fun days and I have all the school days, you know, like hearing people go through that and then hearing from other friends like, oh, well, I'm not going to see my dad for two weeks. So, you know, I'll show it to him when I, I was, I felt so, so fortunate to get to see my parents right. so often. Every week you saw both parents. Yeah, yes. every okay. week I saw both parents. And now yeah. I think when the pandemic start started, my sister does two weeks at a time now, but I think that's okay. She's older, she's 17, right. and I, I think that that is fine now. But, like, definitely for, like, being little kids, being mm-hmm. get, getting to have so much time with our parents, and also giving them each... I don't want to say this, like, they didn't want us, because I know they really did, and I know that both of them... If they, like, could have chosen, and if they... They didn't choose this because they weren't. They they were being selfless. This was a selfless thing they did to you know, mm-hmm. not fight for full custody. Both mm-hmm. of them would have wanted full custody, oh, and God. I know this. They've said things about this, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they, uh, especially when they were both single parents, had five days to where they could get their things together and do their own thing and be an adult where they don't have a kid, yeah. have kids with them. And I think that's really important because I think mm-hmm. all parents deserve time off. And when you're single parenting, you have to be on, 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 on. Right. So I think that schedule actually worked really well 
personally, I think that was good for the most part. And I think that, you know, having flexibility around holidays and vacations is really good. Mm. Being able to give both parents time to do that, that's outside of the five day, but like for a regular, like day to day while there's school, whatever, I think that's a really, really, that was a really nice schedule that we had okay. for us. And I don't know if it would work for anyone, everyone, because again, it was super chaotic, but <laughs> yeah. What are, what are some other things that like you felt like um, you'd want to carry for you'd want to encourage other co-parents yeah, to do. They we now are starting to again do a lot. We do a, quite a few holidays together. Okay. Um, birthdays. I like for a while we didn't, but um, we've done a lot of birthdays where where everyone is there. We have done you know Thanksgivings with the entire family, Christmases. Even during COVID, we had an outdoor Christmas oh, um, wow. where we like set up heaters and we were in a backyard and we had my mom's side and my dad's side all together I think again really like it was about the quality time that we got to spend with both of our parents because right. that's what we were really missing so I think my parents really emphasized us being able to see both of them growing up and that was what was super important to us and getting to see them interact and for a while they couldn't you know because they were in the depths of not liking each other but once they you know let that settle a little bit which took years right. they we got to get back to like a point of like Ah, like, this is my family, mm -hmm. and I don't have, like, in my head, sometimes I'm rem reminded because the universe doesn't always agree with me, but in my head, I don't have two families. In my mm. head, I have a family. Yeah. And being able, all of the ways that they emphasize that we are, like, a family, at mm. least for my sister and brother and I, okay. like, we are a family. Mm. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, that was very important. And also, not calling my brother my half-brother. That okay. was really important mm. to me growing Talk up. Talk to me. What about, yeah. Tell me about that. Um, he, yeah, I think it would separate us. It, it, it does this sort of, like, divide of, like, oh, but he's not really your brother. Mm. Or he's not really this. But I love him yeah. so much. Mm. I love him like, like he's my brother right. there's no like half love or half whatever about right. it you know right. um so that was really important and then my stepmom was very thoroughly part of parenting decisions and whatever she wasn't just like this person in our life and space and our dad always said he wasn't going to be with someone who who wasn't going to be really a part of our lives right. and who okay. who wouldn't get along with us i think it's also just i mean when you have new partners they become a part of the family and they become a part of that circle and so like it i i don't know if you're i'm if i'm going to be living with someone when i was li whoever i was living with as a kid like you know they're the inner circle and so right. not having a villainized stepmother not mm. having like a like <laughs> cinderella yeah no cinderella thing <laughs> oh, you know there's so many more references yeah, you know i mean you just you'll get so scared that your parent is going to pick a partner that's right. just like gonna want to be with your parent and doesn't care about you right. and i've seen it you know mm. like seeing parent like seeing these partners who are like oh i really like this person but they got kids and you're like stop there right. you don't like that person then because right. the kids are a part of them you mm, know we talked about so yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's always so weird to me how people get mad when they chose to date somebody who has children. Right. But they get bitter right. about it. That's like a weird, that's weird to me. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. It is, but yeah. yeah. And so, I also yeah. think that, you know, my stepmom took her time and she wasn't too like, I'm your mother when okay. she showed up. And I also appreciate okay. that because okay. she's not my mother. Right. And we, I, to now, I call her Sama. I took stepmama and mashed it together. Oh. She's Sama. Oh. Because uh, I, I think that, that is much like 
more wholesome than That's stepmother. Yeah. But she's not my mom. She's not right. there to replace anyone. Mm-hmm. My stepdad isn't there to replace anyone right. either, you know? So I mean, I call him by his name. I call her Sama because he's more recent. I just met him the, at like six I just met him. He, he is newer. I was, I was closer to being an adult when we met. Um, mm. But definitely like just sort of knowing that we can have adult roles in our lives who are partners with our parents that aren't replacing our parents or against us or right. you know finding like a happy medium right. and a balance with that you know right. playing a mentorship role or like whatever you think like an auntie would do but not because it's different also like it's right. really its, it's, own, its thing. own thing and yeah. when you try and make it something that's different i think my parents did a really good job of not making a step parent role like anything but being what it was right. and sort of just being like a person who comes in and is like I love you because I love this person also mm-hmm. and I want to be a part of your life and I'm not taking the place of anyone else you know right. and so that's beautiful that's yeah great. my parents did a really good job with yeah, that it sounds wonderful I'm curious with your younger sister mm-hmm. how's that relationship because oh, she's still because she's going close. through that right now which you grew up in right my sister and i are ridiculously close okay that's yeah beautiful. um sometimes my mom is like oh you she she'll say something about like oh oh well she used to make this joke where she'd say my sister's her boss and i was her mom um which is what it is what it is my sister, <laughs> and, I, my sister and i were very close and i definitely took on like a very like I was a babysitter a lot. I was a person for advice a lot. And now sometimes it's in my head that I have a little bit more power than I do. And I have to rein that back a little bit, you know. Self-management, self-management. Self-management, you know. Um, But, like, I adore my sister and we have so much in common. There's no one else who I have that same amount in common with because we were raised in the same flip-flop reverse whatever environment. And we have – we're both Burmese and Chinese and – black american and white american and native and we were very like this very specific mix and we were raised in a very specific way that i've never met anyone else who's been raised like my sister and i so we have like this like ridiculous bond i was like on facetime with her on the way over here you know um yeah Yeah, that makes me wonder because my son is an only child and jocelyn's only child right Mm -hmm. um and so I wonder if this will be. He always wants a. He's always begging for sibling. <laughs> now he wants an older sibling and a younger sibling. Uh-huh. I don't know how that's gonna work. But anyways, but anyways, now I'm thinking like, oh, that would have been. I wonder what that would have been like for him yeah. to have a sibling. Like, do you feel like that impacted how you manage yeah. co-parenting, being a co- daughter of co-parents? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that I was put into like a parenting role mm-hmm. a few times um, mm-hmm. with her, and I think that's another place where you can really like, I don't know, talk with your ex-partner about you know what are your expectations for your eldest child Mm -hmm. because a lot does fall on the show if there is one parent in the house whoever else is the oldest there are things that are going to land on their shoulders Mm -hmm. um and just like really always being very conscious about deciding am i having my kid is my kid acting like this because this is their personality or is my kid acting like this because there's not another adult here to act like this Mm. um and in what ways can we try and like fill fill those holes um i think that i mean i know we don't have a lot of time i i definitely think that's something that um again a lot of conscious self-reflection as parents Mm. a lot of communicating with your other parent about your expectations for your kids um 
so you can sort of match those expectations and pull back when you're like, oh, I realized my kid is doing this a lot and waking up their sibling every day and making breakfast and whatever. I didn't do all, all of everything, but I know that there are kids who really take on a lot for okay. for what another parent would have been doing in, in their household. Right. So, right. so you had a, I'm going back to the dog, because uh, you know, my, <laughs> yeah. my, my daughter has been asking me for a dog. She was a, what's it called, a Shin, Shin, Shinmu? She, she liked to breed. Oh, okay. She, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it looks <laughs> so like a little, like a little, like a little, yeah, little miniature fox looking thing. But okay. all right. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, right. No, it's okay. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I digress. But but you also mentioned that you are an artist. Yeah. Did you discover art while going through the yeah. the situation? Yeah, well, I've always kind of been an artist. Okay. Uh, one of the funky, cool, fun things about having a uh, parents that weren't together is I got like some cool housemates growing up because um, like you know when you don't have two adults in the house suddenly maybe roommates are a thing we had a painter live with us for a while when I was a kid and our house kind of became an art collective at my dad's house um, and so I was going to say the mom I, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, actually my dad is super artsy and okay. he's you know he's like the disciplined guy but he's also like He's he's a fun and funky and wild car. He grew up with hippies and was anyway. Uh, uh, but we had an artist live with us, and he recently actually passed away, and it was really hard for us. He's an amazing person. Charles Moss is an incredible painter. Um, but I was just like surrounded by a lot of art growing up, and mm-hmm. it was always sort of. And then on my mom's side, my aunt and my grandma, like I have all these painters in my family, okay. and so okay. it was very like both sides really just sort of led to this like. And my sister is a singer and a writer and makes writes musicals and things like like we all were like kind of just gonna end up on this very arty path which is funny because neither of our parents work in the arts um but it, it was it was just sort of it felt inevitable yeah and i'm lucky to have supportive parents it took you know the immigrant side to understand and get on board with doing it for a living a okay. little bit longer than my dad who's always been about like He's very pull yourself up by the bootstraps and like a very like do anything that you want and find a way to make it work kind of thing. Right. Um, so he's always been really on board with that and loves art. But, you know, the other side was like, this is a living. You're not a doctor. I'm confused about, You're but, not a doctor. <laughs> you know, like it, it, t- it took some more time to recognize right. that it could be a legitimate career. Yes, I love it. That's so cool. Because I was literally thinking to say your mom was mm-hmm. the one that had all the art, but like your yeah. dad. It was very, it's funny, they're multidimensional people, deep and wonderful, and all parents are, you know, so many layers, and you can be the strict parent, and also the fun, arty, you know, traveling, whatever parent, and both of them have, like, I'm trying to tell my story today, my dad and mom and stepmom and stepdad, everyone have very rich stories in Mm -hmm. their lives, and they're very whole, multidimensional, like, I'm chaotic, and I have these different sides of me, and so does my dad, and so does my mom, and (laughs) and so I, I don't know, I, sometimes I see the ways that they were drawn to each other, and, Mm -hmm. and I, I'd like to think that the things that they liked about each other are the things that come out in me as well. I love your take on your life in the in your parents it just feels very holistic and graceful and like loving but also authentic and candid and I just I just I'm I'm taking something from your from your learnings Um, uh, one thing I wanted to also talk on is um, you mentioned earlier like health and how Mm -hmm. that played a role in maybe the co-parenting experience Um, can you talk a little bit about that oh gosh I would love 
co-parents to have lots of conversations about medical things without their children there. Mm -hmm. And again, back to the whole therapy thing, back to, I mean, therapy is like one aspect of it. I have a plethora of, of undiagnosed, some diagnosed like issues and, and, and problems with my body. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like even now, and I know it's not her fault necessarily, but like I had a really bad, I had a really bad episode of like health issue thing that happened the other day. And I went to talk to my mom about it. Mm -hmm. And she started like asking me these questions about, have you taken these tests? Have you done these things? And in my head, all I was thinking was like, oh my gosh, I did this with my stepmom when I was 15. Like I, we went and took all these tests. We did all of these things. I have like, like she's asking me all these questions to like, these are these are basic like why isn't she on the same page with me about where my health is and I was like upset about it for a second but then I remembered that like they like didn't all communicate together about what my health looked like then you know I have like the stack of records that we kept at my dad's house that are now in in my home that like my mom never had mm. and there they didn't have I mean if they did have meetings about it without me they were not informative or whatever because my mom, I would go to my mom and I would still like, I was scared sometimes to have symptoms of all of my sicknesses at my mom's house when I was growing up because I was worried that she, it would happen and she would ask me questions and she would try and find solutions when I had already tried those solutions and she would give me answers that I'm like, mom, I already did that and it would be worse for me to deal with what I was going through if I had someone who was checking in so much. And Mm -hmm. she means it completely out of love. She just didn't know what was going on, you know. And then also, like, they had different solutions and ideas about, like, what sort of medications I should be taking, when I should go to therapy, whatever. And so sometimes things were like, oh, you'll just do, you'll do this thing. You have this solution at this house, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I wouldn't have that same kind of space in, in my other home. And, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't talk through, like, what coping mechanisms have worked because I have a lot of chronic pain, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and my diet was very different at both houses. And, and uh, my, my schedule was very different. And so really just, like, having those conversations and I didn't want to be a part of it. If they were going to have a meeting about my health, I didn't want to be involved at all because I didn't want there to be arguments. I'm already so overwhelmed about my health things. I feel stressed out about talking about it now. Like as a, as a teenager, when it was really like the height of it, like, hi, you're asking me so many questions. I don't know what to do. Someone else here has the answers. Why am I a part of this? You know, it's sort of what it felt like. Um, And yeah, I definitely think that again, like I know that, you know, saying have meetings with your co-parent is like the most basic thing you can say, but if your kid is exhibiting any kind of health issue or whatever, that, that your co-parent is who you need to have detailed conversations with. Um, that is who needs to hold the information. Like your, your kid shouldn't have to remember that stuff. Their, their siblings shouldn't have to remember that stuff. My sister would have to all the time she would like keep track of things that I I would need or I would do and that was sort of the opposite you know in a lot of ways I was I did a lot of like parenting whatever with my sister she also always knew she could tell what was going on from with my health by just looking at me and that mm. wasn't something all my parents could do always because my sister and my dog were the two who were with me full time right. you know um, like just not being able to recognize the same sort of cues and not being able to you know, and I, yeah, I think just communication, communication, communication. Again, like right. when you have your weekly check-ins, when you want to ask your kid, what did you do this week? If you've already talked to your partner and you're like, 
oh, I heard that you had, you had, like, a really bad pain episode. You were cry you cried at school and had to go to the nurse's office. Mm. How did that feel for you? Like, mm -hmm. because your other co-parent already told you that. Like, I would have an episode or, I, and if, unless I, like, ended up in the ER or something, sometimes my mom wouldn't even know. Sometimes my dad wouldn't even know because they're just like, oh, this mm. happens so often. This is happening in Asha's mm. life so much. Like, we don't even always remember what, what we have and what we haven't communicated. So just sort of keeping track of that the way, like, a school would. Like, mm -hmm. when I'm working at a school, when anything happens with health, an incident report is written. Right. right. What if we, like, had, like, <laughs> I don't know. Hey. Like, yeah, like, if you have a kid with health issues, keep a stack of incident reports. Yo, in you know house. what? That actually. You can fill that out. Give it to your co you, you know what I mean? Like, be, I love that. A, that's actually pretty dope. Yeah, like, <laughs> or, like, a bullet, like, a templated just text exchange exactly yeah, but like google it's a, 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 a google doc because yeah. then it's not in your text chain like just something oh, like true. oh i need to update this because right. this happened you know and right. i think that honestly yeah the whole incident report thing i right. think teach schools are doing it right parents can also i think you probably just helped like a few families out there yeah. like y'all that's pretty dope yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say, don't use it as a way to like keep notes or whatever keep tabs right. and use it as a weapon later on in like exactly. court or something right. yeah else. no but just, just for like, the sake of the kid and everyone's clear updated. Yeah. yeah and again yeah. that goes back to the whole trust thing trusting right. trusting someone else to live with your kid is trusting them so right. you have to both sort of remember okay I'm doing this because I love my kid not because right. I'm fighting you and my kid isn't a tool to fight you yeah, right. that part that happens but yeah you know, let's not do that let's not do that yeah you know? absolutely so I'm curious now um as a child growing up in a co-parenting environment, mm -hmm. from your viewpoint, what do you believe that your parents did that made it work? Um, I think, honestly, I've said all this about, you know, the ways that their communication didn't go well. I think all the ways they did communicate. Yeah. Um, I think they probably checked in with each other and talked to each other more than other, I mean, I just, again, this is all from, like, when I was growing up, all of the kids I knew who had divorced parents, no one had a template of what it was supposed to look right. like to co-parent. So from, with no template, they both really decided that prioritizing what we wanted was the most important. Like, again, my mom wanted to move back home, and she stayed in Seattle because she knew that this was where our dad was, and she didn't want us to have to be in one home growing up with only one of our parents. It was really just like... Those were the things that really worked when they made selfless decisions. And I know that's another hard thing because parents are human. Right. And I feel like a lot of what I'm saying today is like, they're like, well, that's easy for you to say as an adult who doesn't have any kids and isn't like separated from someone who's evil, you know, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you want your perspective is but valuable. It's also like, you know, the fact that they both had whatever feelings and history with each other and still chose this like selfless act of staying near each other mm -hmm. and communicating with each other and doing those first few Christmases with us when they first got divorced and then they didn't do some Christmases, but then we did some Christmas. Right. Like, like all of the like choices that, that they made and also respecting what we wanted. So when I was 13, we were at a point where my parents were fighting at my birthday every year mm. and yeah. it just drove me nuts. So I told my parents, I said, whoever's house I'm at for my birthday, you can't be there. The other parent is not allowed to be there for my birthday anymore because you guys fight through my birthdays. Mm. And then both of them were like, Oh, 
I'm not going to see my kid on their birthday yeah. if we're fighting on on at their birthday. So they both were like, they took that as feedback. They didn't go, oh, I'm still going to be at your birthday. Right. My mom stayed away from my next birthday. She would hurt her like hell. And I still am like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I did that to my mom. I, I did an ultimatum to my parents when I was 13. Oh, I mean... But, you know, like. You stated a boundary. Right. I stated a boundary, which is great. Co kids of co-parents remember you can have boundaries too like but really like for co-parents to listen to their children's boundaries like you gotta listen to your kids kids even when they're younger not 13 whatever even when they don't have as many talking cues or as many words kids will show you what their boundaries are all the time and really my parents i think really tried to listen to what my sister and i's boundaries were and respected and respected them yeah Yeah. and i think that was super duper important you know um yeah definitely something that my parents did well i think and as far as like you know my dad talking about how he wasn't going to have a partner who we didn't like you know Mm -hmm. like my mom, you know, staying away for my birthday, even though that really hurt her, you know, they right. were like, we're respecting our kids' decisions as they are, right. are, are, are having them. And so, like, selflessness and listening to your kids is like, whoa. And having enough time away from your kids in order to regenerate yourself after the selflessness that it, you have to take in order to be a co-parent. Ooh, let's, yeah, I, I'm going to do a clap on that because yeah. that... It, we can't forget that we are humans, and yeah. you, you we wove that in really nicely throughout the the, the talk today. So awesome. thank you so much. Is there any thank other you. final I, words you want to share? This I has know. been amazing. I love my parents a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I don't I want them to think that I, I'm mom and dad <laughs> yeah. and Sama and and stepdad. None of you guys. I was not. I love you. <laughs> You're a very good parent. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it shows that your beloved. empathy and ability to see all the sides and also honor your own shows that you have a great network and a family taking care of you yeah, so they're yeah. good people but it's very showing through people. it's showing through. this was amazing awesome. i just want to thank say you. this was great i was captivated by your whole entire story thank you guys yeah. for talking to me today and yeah. i feel honestly like being able to talk about it now i'm like oh yeah. i feel lighter you know like yeah. i just was talk, got to talk about this co-parenting absolutely and, and i'm gonna emphasize this again you have three Novels, at least oh my gosh. maybe a memoir, <laughs> <laughs> but consider that. That's all I'm saying. Just consider he, he writes books, so he's very yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. Cool. yeah literature is my cool. thing. I have to read your books, yeah. Then. yeah. yeah. I got a couple, yeah. In the trunk, yeah. Got in the back, yeah. All right. <laughs> no. Thank you, thank you so much. Yay, awesome.